Okay, hi, welcome all. I hope you had a restful summer and a peaceful summer and we're getting into Rosh Hashanah, um, Yom Kippur. So we are starting to prepare for 574. A few announcements as we start this three-part Yamim Naraim series. Did you see the beautiful flyer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the spirit moved me yesterday and I have my friend. Anyway, okay, couple of announcements. We are doing three classes, Amir Tashem, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. live in Zoom for, uh, for Yamim Naraim. Maybe even a fourth for Sukkot. Those of you listening on Torah anytime, um, if you want to know the schedule, you could either get on the email list or the WhatsApp. Send me an email, estween at gmail, estween at gmail. Also, you can always get the sources if you're on either of those. Next, after Sukkot, we, the royal we, are launching the course. It has a name, the course we've been preparing for for a long time. It's a 25-week course. The schedule, the details, explanations, what you, all of it is coming by WhatsApp, by email. If you want to get the information about the course, also reach out to me. It will probably, it will be, it looks like it's going to be given three times concurrently, Tuesday mornings in Queens, Wednesday mornings here, and also live on Zoom. All the details, Mir Tashem, will follow, okay? And it will, it's, um, it's going to be a course that will help you uh, put together almost all the foundational ideas in Judaism in a single, integrated, cohesive perspective and, and approach. Okay, so that's what's coming up for this year, Amir Tashem. So I don't think there'll be partial classes this year. They will just be the course. All right, now we are starting our first class of the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur series. It is called Confusing the Satan and what that all means. Uh, dedications. The Shir is dedicated by Lori Barbanel in memory of her sister, Miriam Chanabas Moshe Yaakov, on a 28th yard site. She was 26 when she passed away. Uh, Varda Gewurz for her uh, father's yard site, David ben Eli Melech, which is today. Michal Balsam, Eli Nishmas, her husband. Daniel Yitzchak ben Harav Yosef, who Shloshim is Sunday night. And we have one more, give me one second, who just came in, Michal Esral. Um, usually Tani handles this, but it was night in Israel. Um, she wants to uh, sponsor it for Eloi Nishmas, Moshe Yitzchak ben Avraham Aryeh. So all the Neshama should have an Ali, and we're going to understand what that means today even more. And Hannah Gold in honor of Rosh Hashanah and wishing everyone a sweet and healthy new year. Okay. The topic is confusing the Sat, and I'm going to start with a real life story. I was about six years old. This is, by the way, written and revised in the in the Olamena magazine. Remember that Olamena they had at the back, the cartoons? Right, so they changed it. This is the real story. So uh, we always went camping as as a when we were young as a family. And uh, that was, we, we would camp somewhere, usually on water, on some sort of lake or river. And one year we were camping at the Delaware Water Gap. And uh, my we were all little kids and my, my parents took us to the Delaware, which was at where we were, was like maybe 30 feet wide. And it was like a rush, like a river. And my parents were from, always, of course, from, and they went to where no one else really was. And we were all playing there with our rafts. Don't tell anyone. I won't say it on here. And, <laughs> and um, suddenly we see 
Okay. <laughs> and suddenly we see um, this woman comes right. I remember this. This woman comes screaming, yelling, running like from down there. And she goes, my, my, whatever his name was, he, he, my boyfriend, whatever, he tried to swim across the river and I can't find him. I can't find him. And at that time we were in the river and my mother was there and she sees somebody come floating by literally. So my mother is formidable and she pulls him out of the water and she drags him to the shore. I think I was six and my father did, they put him on the shore and he was blue. And my father did the, you know, old fashioned CPR with his hands. And I remember um, he started, you know, shaking and vomiting. And then my mother ran up, there was no phones or anything. She ran up the hill to where the car was parked and she got a blanket and she, she wrapped him in a blanket and she ran, drove a mile or two miles to call the Rangers to get an ambulance. And then she went to the hospital with them and she stayed with them. My mother's very educated medically. And she was just because the girl was, they were like a young girl, like 18 years old. And um, and she took care of them. And Baruch Hashem, they saved his life. Now, his name was Pat McIntyre. And he was from Perth Amboy, New Jersey. And we were from Elizabeth. And my father and mother always wondered, particularly my father used to say this, what what was this all about? He literally, somebody float, you know, why did this happen? Why? Where did this come from? Why did he have this achos or put in this situation to literally save Pat McIntyre's life in the middle of nowhere? So um, everyone that used to come to shul in Elizabeth, in Elizabeth would know my father. He was the friendly, most friendly man in town. And he would walk over to everyone and say, good, you know, good morning, good job, whatever, where are you from? Who are you? Finally, a couple of weeks or a month or two pass and somebody walks into shul and my father says, good child, good child, I'm Yosef Schwab, what's your name? Where are you from? He said, I'm from Perth Amboy. So my father says, do you know the McIntyres? Who are the McIntyres in Perth Amboy? So he says, the McIntyres, Dr. McIntyre is a tzaddik. He is a non-Jewish doctor. He treats, oh, this was in the set, early 70s. He treats all the Jewish refugees, everybody. They, he treats them all for free. He doesn't take any money from any of the European wow. Jews that came. So uh, my father said, well, no wonder I am from Jew. I saved his child's life. Now, now, what does Pat McIntyre do? What do you do for someone who saves your life? You say, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What do you do? You give them, so what could you do? So every Rosh Hashanah, Pat McIntyre would come to our house with chocolates. Oh, he took the blanket and he had it clean. Then he brought it back. I remember he came to the house and with chocolates chocolate like what do you how are there words this is the real point of the story are there words that are sufficient for to express what you feel to somebody who out of nowhere took care of you and say right no of course not so what we're going to focus on today is the 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 limitation of words and it's extremely important to understand that in order to understand what we mean by confusing the suffering Okay, are we ready? So how does this confusing, this satan, start to emerge in Chazal? All right. So first of all, we have to, um, we let's talk about the nature of the, the mitzvahs of the day called the first of Tishrei, which in the Torah is not referred to as Rosh Hashanah. It's referred to as either Yom Trua or Zichron Trua. And there's tons written just on this, and we've even talked about it in the past. But it's referred to as Yom Trua. 
or zichron trua, the day of the trua, which is a shofar blast sound, or the day you remember the shofar blast sound. Now, the, the famous, uh, the Pasuk that states this, Vayikra, there's a Pasuk in Vayikra that refers to Zichron Trua. That's the one we're going to focus on, not the Pasuk that says Yom Trua. But Dabril ben Yisrael, Lemor, B'chodesh Hashvi in the seventh month, B'echel B'chodesh, the first of the month, Yielechem Shabbason, you're having a festival, a day of rest, right? Zichron Trua, the day you're going to remember the Trua. Question is, the Mepharshim started asking, why is it called the day of remembering the Trua? And the answers are, their answers don't can't don't fully don't get they're not full answers. Rashi says, well, if you um what what Chazal say one of the one of the approaches where you're supposed to blow the shofar, but if it happens to fall out on a Shabbos and you can't blow the shofar, you should remember the shofar. But um that so that's number one, or that you should say shofros, you should say zichronos uh, and shofros in the davening, which is also a rabbinic decree. But there's, we're looking for something a little more, the day that you remember the trua, okay? Now, how do we do this? What, how do we technically fulfill the mitzvahs of the first of Tishrei, of remembering the trua, and we're trying to get into you know, what, what trua are we remembering and how do we remember it? Okay, what's going on here? We take questions at the end? One quick question. Rosh Hashanah is not mentioned. No, not in, Torah, not in the Torah. In the yeah. Okay. Now we're going to get to why, why it eventually took on the name Rosh Hashanah. Now, so this is famous. You know this. Tanu Rabbanon, Tekios. Okay. So there's a discussion about Tekios. Um, do you have to blow in, in regarding other fast days and other times of the year? If you don't blow all the Tekios, does it make the other Tekios puzzle? And if, and if you don't make all the brachas and davening, does it make all the other brachas and davening? So, no, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 I am right. So, um, I got this, sorry. So there, there's a whole conversation in the Gemara about various holidays and the Tzikiyas and the davening. But then it goes into uh, Rosh Hashanah. And it says that in Rosh Hashanah, if uh, all the Tzikiyas are intertwined, yes, if you don't blow one, then it affects all the others. If you don't say one part of the tefillah, then it is affecting all the others, unlike the other days. And look at the bottom of page one, my Tama, what's the reason? The reasons they're all connected. Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu. Imru Hashanah. Say, add three parts to your davening, right? You probably know this. Malchios, Sechronos, and Shofros. Malchios, you're saying, in order to coronate me. Zechronos, that I should remember you, which we're going to talk about next week. And uh, how will this happen? Through the Shofar. So they're all connected, okay? You have to say all these things, and you have to blow the Shofar. All right. And now, Malchios, Zephronos, and Shofros, just for, as an aside, and again, more next week, they are the three big sections in the Shemona Esrei of the Rosh Hashanah Musaf. Each section is, has nine, in one case, ten verses from Torah, from Nevi'im, from Ksuvim. And they all support the theme, either, either of Malchios or Zechronos or Shofros. And we're going to see the Shemona Esrei and see how that works. In any case, you have to talk about the shofar, and you have to talk about remembering. So you have to talk about the remembering, and you have to talk about the shofar, and that's the way through these two these two um, emphasis of the that remembering Hashem remembers everything, and we remember the shofar, and we remember the shofar Russia of or the shofar that was, that was at Har Sinai, the shofar of Mashiach, and all of this through this process, we're going to coronate Hashem. Talk about what that means. Okay, next. 
where do we start getting into the idea of the chauffeur and some having it some having something to do with the confusing the satan? Where does that come in? Okay, so first of all, we have a pasuk in Tehillim, nothing to do with the chauffeur. It's talking about, um, it's talking about just blowing chauffeur on every yandiv. Nothing particularly, you know, clearly about Rosh Hashanah. And it's associated that this pasuk in Tehillim is del is used to explain why we don't bench Rosh Chodesh of in Elmer for Rosh Hashanah. Have you heard about this? You don't announce Rosh Chodesh for the Rosh Hashanah for the first of Tishrei, and that's where you first hear to confuse the Satan. You don't want the Satan to know that Rosh Hashanah is coming and he's going to be mikatreg, he's going to be an accuser and it's not going to be turn out good. Okay? So here, look in the second page B. Rosh Chodesh Tishrei falls on Rosh Hashanah, which is the day when Hashem judges Kal Yisrael. It is against our interest yeah. that to know when Rosh Hashanah occurs. And by not publicly blessing Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, we hope to keep it a secret so that the Satan will not know when to come before the heavenly tribunal. Now what... We're going deeper. This We're not in third grade anymore. What does it mean confusing the Satan? What does it mean the best he doesn't know? What does it even mean Hashem judges us? What does it mean to that he speaks evil against the Jews? And then they use this Pasuk in Tehillim, Tiku B'chot shofar. you should always, they always blew the shofar in the beginning of a month to announce the month, okay? And they always, and, and the simple yeah. understanding of this Pasuk, but Keseh, Bakesa, Bakesa simply in the pshat seems to mean when the moon is still hidden, it's the very, very tiny little beginning of the new moon. It's the beginning of the month. And you blow the chauffeur at the beginning of the month when, you know, and to uh, to announce, you know, the month, to, to announce the month and to, um, yeah, it was part of the, 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 the ceremony. But here it's taken deeper. the chauffeur, we're going to blow the chauffeur in Rosh Hashanah. We're going to hide our Chag. Okay, so this is where Kesa to hide, not that the moon is hidden. We're going to hide the fact that it's our Chag. Okay, this is where Chazal start putting in these ideals. Now you get to the real, real, you know, clear source. Rosh Hashanah 16b. The Gemara says like this, Amar Rav Yitzchak, why do you blow the shofar in Rosh Hashanah? The Gemara asks why? Because Hashem said so. They said, why do you make a trua, Marian? That's the word for trua. Why? The Gemara asked, because Hashem says so. Zechon Trua. So then the Gemara asked, but why do you, it goes into a, another conversation about why do you do it twice, once when sitting, once when standing. We're not going to go into that now, but then it says, token umarian, kashehim omdin. You know when you, why you do it? Again, not only the first time, but the second time when they're standing, which is first a Musaf. You know why? Kedei la'arbev ha-satan. That's the Gemara, to confuse the satan. So then, Rabbi Yitzchak, call Shana every year that you don't blow the shofar in the beginning of the year. For whatever reason, there was a problem and you weren't able to blow the shofar. Misfortune will come in the end. Why? Because the Satan was not confused. This is the Gemara. Now, the Gemara writes in, we always talk about this, in code and in riddle. They're not silly, primitive, you know, minds talking in, in, in superstitious ways. There's a Satan, we have to confuse him, and he's not going to be able to, to, to um, accuse us in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then we'll, we'll slip out off the radar, and then we won't, we won't have to be accountable for our, for our troubles and, you know, for our, for our, our missteps, and, our, and we won't get punished. Okay, what's happening here? So we have to sort out a few topics. Okay, number one. 
what is it, what true are we remembering? How does <clears throat> blowing the shofar, like the Gemara just says, confuse the satan? Okay. And how does blowing the shofar and confusing the satan ensure that Hashem remembers us? Remember, it's a package deal and that we could be mom le Hashem. And what does Hashem remembrance even mean? Are we good with the questions? Okay. So let's start with this notion of confusing the satan. First of all, it's not even in the notes because we've talked about it and it's in our course, of course, one of our units. What is the satan? Because our course is all about the basic fundamental building blocks of Judaism. What is the satan? So let's talk about what it's definitely not. There is never in Judaism room for any sort of conception that there's God and there's something else. And of course, that that something else is an anti-God force. There's just, it's complete and total um, kfira. It's a violation of the basics of Judaism. There is never God and something else. And there's certainly not a competing force with God. Where did such a concept arise? Well, the Christians have a devil, which is a competition to God fighting against God. They're, they have, I don't want to say it in the shul, but the CH, right? And the anti, the, the Muslims have a, a fallen angel that's been disobedient and is now a bad guy. But Jews don't have such a concept, not even a little bit. So what is the satan? The satan, everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, obviously, is part of, as we always speak about, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's own self. Now, there's a couple words for the Satan. Satan, Malchamava, Sitzahara. So we're in that category. Remember the idea, the big idea of our mashal. We have the baby and the mother and the machitza. The very fact that there's a machitza, and if you take the course, you know what we're all talking about. The very fact that there's a machitza, that we cannot see what we're part of, okay, creates two possibilities. A, that we get to feel autonomous and separate and we can operate as Hashem designed us to, as it's Selim Elohim, with our own creative energy, expressing our unique understanding and connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our way with a sense of self. But the danger of the Mechitza is, what? You're going to think you're all alone. There's nothing but what you see. All these big ideas are just, fantasies that they're not practical you can't touch them you're all this is your story you're here in your own little realm and you got to make and you got to you got to survive and then what kicks in your two motivations what are they self-preservation and self-indulgence what they call gaiva and taiva different names for them why should i say no to myself we're all gonna die why should i it's stimuli coming at me i might as well enjoy and how do i get my needs met okay those two things now the fact that Okay, we it is possible to slip into that means that we can in here malfunction. The word ra, as in yetzirah, as in teruah, which is broken. Ra always means broken. It doesn't work right. There's some or something that is disunited, disjointed. It's it doesn't work. Okay. So the Satan Yitzhahara, what that is, is the possibility, okay, that our mind, which Yotzer, Yitzhahara, we form, we choose how to think, how we choose the thoughts we're going to think. We form the way our mind works, how we're going to use our mind and how we're going to 
cause it to think. We form Yetzirah, we form out of our mind, out of our thinking apparatus, something that doesn't work. It's malfunctioning all day. That's called the Yetzirah. The Satan is the possibility, the force, the possibility that exists that you may allow your mind to malfunction and tell you, I'm all alone, there's nothing else, this is the facts, I got to do what I got to do. Okay, that's the satan. And then it's the malacham of us. <laughs> okay, because that's spiritual death, when you think you're all alone. Does this make sense? A little bit. Okay, so we have a satan means the possibility that we will allow ourselves to create a yetzer hara to, 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 to like, let's say, give free license to give total, like, you know, open season to the possibility of a malfunctioning mindset, which is always a possibility. And then it'll take us down every road and we'll end up doing all the terrible things that were minor, major, but all the type of things that we would only do when we're deep in survival mode. Okay. So now, that's called the satan. And we have to confuse the satan. Now it's beginning to make a little sense. We have to confuse the force in us that wants to confuse us. You hear? We have to outmaneuver that tendency in ourselves to let ourselves get confused and end up in survival mode. And by the way, Rosh Hashanah is going to be all about deconfusing the confused satan, okay? Because we want to reorient ourselves. And then, of course, later, once we reorient, we get to Yom Kippur and we say, all those things I did when I was not thinking straight because I was in serious survival mode, yeah, I regret them. But now I'm thinking straight, so I realize how, how you know, unfortunate it is that I had slipped into that and I regret that, okay? So right now, we have this satan. And this satan, right, is not some outside force. It never is, okay? The satan is the possibility that we will not use Rosh Hashanah correctly. We will know it's coming. And we won't take advantage of what we can account, gain from it. And then Rosh Hashanah, will, we will not advance spiritually, right? So we don't want that to happen. We want to outmaneuver the satan. So far, so good? Okay. So before we start talking about how we're going to outmaneuver the satan, we're going to go try go look deeper into the concept of yom teruah and why it's so important to outmaneuver the satan, and how easy it is for the su the satan, so to speak, our own tendencies to give in to what we see, what we what seems to be our reality, and like then think accordingly. Okay. So was there a time, can you remember, I mean, it's already in the notes, so you probably, if you looked ahead, you're already cheated. Um, when did the Satan confuse us? We want to confuse the Satan right now, but when did the Satan confuse us? When's the famous story? Okay, you have the Akedah, that's a very, there's a nice medrash about the Akedah, that's true. But this famous medrash we're talking about, and it also relates to the chauffeur, but we're going to, but look, this is a famous, a famous, famous idea that I'm sure you've all heard. So what happens, Moshe, uh, there's the events of Harsinai. We're gonna get deeper into them. And then Moshe, after the after the events of the Mamad Harsinai and the hearing of the Aseris Adibros, the, the timeline, there's questions about exactly timeline, different different opinions, but Moshe goes up the mountain. Now, what that means is into a deep 
it doesn't only mean up a mountain, a deep state of Nevoah, deep, where his body is almost dormant, no eating, no not drinking for, for right, total state of transcendence. And he's supposed to come back, meaning supposed to come out of that state, like be re-inhabit his normal body, not be in a trance or wherever he was, and come back to the people. But the time has passed that they expected him back, and he's not back. So the people say they start getting nervous, right? And then the Pusik, I didn't bring the Pusik here, but just the Gemara on the Pusik, Vayar Ha'am, Kiboshesh Moshe. Moshe was delayed. There's a lot of light, lot to learn about the word Boshesh, but Boshesh, the six hour came, he's not back today, right? So um, they said, the Jewish people said, he's not back. Where is he? And they started worrying. Question is, what were they worried about exactly? They started worrying. So look at the look at the Gemara Basatan, which is not an outside force. It's your own tendency to give in to your fears and make draw wrong conclusions that make you feel abandoned and alone and terrified. So the Satan comes at ear babe esaolam. He confused the world, and he said, Moshe, your teacher, Hechanu, who is he? And we answered, he went up to the higher realm, to Shemayim. He's not in a normal state. He's not in the human state. We know that. Okay. Amarlem, but Boshesh. But he's not back. So he didn't listen. So what did he do? What did the Satan do? Hera lahen de musmitaso. They showed them, like as if he Moshe, like in a bed, meaning a coffin. What's happening here? What are the people, put, put yourself back at Harsinai. What are the people worried about? Moshe's not coming back into his body. Why? He's, his body is dead. And that's why in the Pasuk it says Moshe Ha'ish. We don't know where Moshe Ha'ish is. Okay? He's at Moshe Ha'ish. And, you know, we don't know where he is. So what do you, what do you think, based on this, their thinking happened? Hmm? Oh, lost. But what happened to Moshe? Uh, he went up. He went up, up in, in up, up into a deep, higher and higher levels of Nebuah. And what happened? What happened to them when they were exposed to the overwhelming gulgi? Their bodies couldn't handle it. So our muscle is that the machitza, right? goes transparent and you're overwhelmed with clarity and you realize that you're not really a separate being, right? So they this happened to them and they had to be revived. And they only had a minimal type of level of Nebuah according to Raman, according to what they were capable of. Now Moshe is going into a deep, much, much higher state of Nebuah. Okay, what do you, what do you think they think happened? Well, why though? Why? He went too high. You can't come, you can't be in a body when you're really already in the realm of the Shemayim. And that means that they don't have a person who can inhabit a physical body, who can relate to other people in physical bodies to guide them. Okay. So what happens here is the Satan is confusing us by saying, you know, there's a higher realm 
And when you get very close to it, you know, it's, a, you can't, you, you it's, 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 um, it's incompatible with your life. Best not to get too close to it, right? That's the next step. Best not to get too close to it. So what do they do? They make an agil that's very physical that you can touch. And it's, this is going to be what they're going to relate to. Something very physical from the animal kingdom that they can relate to. That's going to inspire them about the higher realm, but they're not going to get in, be in danger of entering into a state where they themselves become more and more connected. And there's more of a draw from the Shamayim and they could also, right? This is going to be very physical and on this earth. Okay, no, let's work out these ideas for a second. Only, yeah. They know. How did they know that Moshe's... No, they knew he was in a state. He knew he was going to into enter a state of Nebuah to receive the Torah. The people knew. He told them. He said, I'm going up the mountain, which means I'm going into a state of Nebuah to receive the Torah and bring it back to you. So you see, so now, so we already have experience where one of our great fears as expressed in this Matan Torah story, our great fears is to sort of keep that other realm a little bit at a distance. Now people will say that if you're too much of a tzaddik, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's medaktik with tzaddikim, who wants to be such a big tzaddik, you know what I mean? Like, Hashem will use a tzaddik as a shaliach or for the door, or tzaddik will, tzaddik will go through things for the benefit of the door, like who wants to get that close, right? People even know in real life that the closer you get to MS, there's no going back. I have another story. I remember 40 years ago when I first started teaching and I was like commuting back and forth. We had moved to Muncie from Elizabeth and I was commuting back and forth to my ultrasound job and and the commute got too long, so I decided to get a job in Muncie. And in the meantime, um, I started volunteering in a Balchuvishiva, which was Netzach and became the Jewish Renaissance Center. And there was a woman there, my good friend, for many, many years. And she said to me, I'm stuck. She said, I learned too much. I can't go back, but I have a problem. I have a boyfriend who's not Jewish. He's the love of my life. He doesn't want to convert. I can't go backwards, I know too much, I have to go forward, so I'm, I have to leave him. And I don't know if I'll ever find anyone else. But what am I supposed to do? And she did, she followed, you know, she did move on beyond him. She actually didn't ever get married. But the point is that sometimes the truth pulls you and you know there's no going back. And you have to follow the calling. So this is um, a little bit of our satan starts making us very worried. Now, Rosh Hashanah is coming, okay? And Rosh Hashanah is all about, all about the Yom Trua, the Zichron Trua, okay? And that's where we want to confuse the satan. So what happened on Harsinai that pulled, so to speak, the Jewish people's neshamas right out of them. What exactly happens? So look on D, okay? This was D, yeah, page, it's a, 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 section D. <clears throat> They're standing, do you understand that the events of Harsinai or the nevuah they experienced or the overwhelming exposure to or clarity they got about Hashem and their 
connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the fact that they're really part and parcel of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's own everythingness. How did that come to them? How, did they see an image? So we know what it was. Right? He called shofar. There was a shofar, and there was a sound of a shofar. Holech v'chazak ma'od. It got stronger and stronger. Meaning the sound of the shofar was some sort of, and Rambam talks about a created, some sort of a created sound that got in more and more intense. And it was just the sound, okay? And Moshe would speak, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu would respond through this call, through this sound, which is associated with a shofar, okay? Now I can't visualize exactly what it was, but there must have been some sort of shofar and physical, but this call that's being spoken about here is like the HaKadosh Baruch Hu created some sort of call, a sound, no words. And it got more and more intense. And in that experience, they perceived so much more than they could normally perceive to the point that they realized that they couldn't even maintain their identity as separate autonomous physical beings. And, you know, they had to understand that they were part and parcel of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's nishima or divine exhale or divine self-expression. Look at Devarim 4.2, By Dabra Hashem Aleichem, Moshe is talking to them. Moshe is telling you, remember what happened? Hashem spoke to you. Mitocha Eish. Now the Eish is also um, not, not only a physical fire, it's a representation of a level of Nevoah. Okay. Called Varim, the sound of words. Atem Shomim, you heard. Tmuna Ein Chemroim. You did not see any image. You Zulasi called. You only heard a sound. Now, what does it mean called Dvarim? So the way it's understood is the people heard a sound. The sound got more and more intense. It was some sort of sound that helped them or forced them to experience themselves totally differently and to recognize the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, the, and their part in it. Then Moshe said to them, the sound that you heard and the understanding you just got, these are the words I'm going to give you to define it. And he gave, and he spoke the Aseris Adibros, meaning Hashem said, tell them these words. These are the words to define what they just heard. But they didn't hear, they saw, they saw the, um, says they saw the, the thunder, right? Well, yeah, they saw, there was some sort of perception, but Moshe says no picture. There was no image. So there's some experience of a sound that burst through all barriers, that then Hashem told Moshe, these are, these dibros are the words that explain what they just perceived. They perceived the noche shemalakecha, there's nothing else. And of course, therefore, that there's a way of life that is consistent with it, the other eight dibros. Does this make sense so far? Now, Moshe Shapiro. Okay. So first of all, Rav Sajigon says, let's pull it together, that we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, Zichron Trua, Yom Trua. One of the reasons is because it's a it's bringing us back to Harsinai. When we heard a shofar and the shofar awakened us, it took away that, that sense of separation between us and God. We experienced a sound it was a very, very different type of sound, a sound that had no words initially, and we knew what it was saying. And on Rosh Hashanah, 
we are we are going to um we are going to experience through blowing the shofar the the tefillah the the bracha the baal shofar makes is lishmoa to hear he blows it but we hear it we're going to re-experience hearing that call that sound and that is the zikron trua we're remembering the call now at that time the satan in us said too much too much too much and Moshe, Moshe couldn't even survive it, let alone let alone us. Let's go back and you know make sure to stay very well grounded in this realm and cut off our tendency or, or desire to go beyond that. Keep it right here. Just like sh still those other voices coming at you, those sounds that call. Keep it, keep it, keep it in the background. Okay, <laughs> don't listen to it too much. On Rosh Hashanah, we want to listen to it, and we know it's safe to listen to it. And we're not going to let those thoughts confuse us anymore. What does it mean, the voice, the call? And we want to listen to it. So, if you want the original, it's a Moshe Amparshas Nitzavim Tafshin Nondali. Okay. Moshe brings down that um, from the Zohar, there are two different categories when we talk about hearing. There's kol and there's dibor. There's a sound and there's words. He brings down the idea that in the beginning, in the core of the creation of a human being, when the neshima, the divine exhale, infuses us and gives to our physical body, right? Our, our sense of attachment to and our direct line of attachment. That is understood as giving us a call, a voice, a sound without words. The neshama or neshima or the breath is associated with giving us a call. First of all, it's your it's your obviously a sound comes from your you know you used your breath to make a sound but the difference between a sound and words is with just a sound you can basically express joy or sadness not there's no no other nothing else it's it's a basic essential core human expression of simply I feel good or I feel bad without being able to use any words. So um, words are the next step. Words come later. In fact, when the, when the Pasuk says in Perak Bey's Pasuk Zion, Vayipach ba'apo nishmas chayim, okay? Vayhi ha'adam l'nefesh chaya. That's already, when it talks about nefesh chaya, which is the same phrase used by the animals, by the way, that's already where Uncle says they can speak. Ruach mimalala, a speaking ruach. So the neshama is associated with just the call, just an expression of the most visceral experience, joy or sadness. Next, translating that into complex, sophisticated words, that's already in the realm of what we call our ruach. Okay, our ruach. Our ruach uncle is first to speaking as ruach, 
mimala, a ruach, a speaking spirit. Now, when a baby is born, they don't have words yet. The original initial cry is simply an expression. I, I, there's an I, I exist. And I, usually the baby is crying, is often in a state of, the baby's in, in a state of agitation. It starts out crying. Why does it start out crying? So if you look at Gemara Nida 30b, this is the famous Gemara. You could read through the whole thing, but I'm just going to get to the end of it of the baby in the womb learning Torah. And then, and once the fetus emerges into the airspace of the world, from Malach, remember this, a Malach comes, and we're gonna learn about you. We're not gonna do it now, but in the course, there's a unit on the Malach and what that is. The Citro Alpivin hits him on the mouth. Rav Moshe says he gives him the power of speech. But in giving us the power of speech, what are the next words? He forgets his Torah. He forgets his Torah. The hitting on the mouth is a reference by the Gemara is trying to say, you, we went from neshama to ruach. We went from the core, truest expression of self, self-knowledge as a connect, a, self, a being connected and ex, almost like a part of a Kodesh Baruch We went from that realm, which cannot be turned into words. The neshama realm of just knowing what sort of thing we are. And we came into the physical world and now there's a mechitza, the separation, as reflected in the fact that now we have to speak and say words. And that is a tantamount of forgetting your core, being, being your, it forces you to disconnect a little bit from that flood of just core understanding of self and having to explain and to define and to limit with words. And so all our life, we use words to go back and retrieve, help us retrieve that true, deeper sense of self. So we'll stop for a couple questions. Yes. Right. Said the coal. The coal is Yaakov's coal. There's so much to learn about the coal, but we know that Harsinai, what the Jewish people, what we experienced, whoever stood Harsinai was a coal, meaning the deepest visceral expression of self as part and parcel of a Kaddish Baruch self-expression. Oh, very good. By the Hold on for that. By when, by uh, even Adam, Adam and Chava, when they heard the call Hashem in the garden. But wait, there's so much on this. The hardest part for me is limiting what <laughs> the specific things to say. <laughs> yes. I don't want to confuse. There's so much. There's so many ways. There's so much. These are just portals, doors into whole areas of thought. But what we heard at Harsinai was our initial call, Hashem's call, meaning we knew who we were. It was self-evident to our truest, deepest self with that words are not enough for Words just can't express it. But the story I told in the beginning, there's just no words for when you, when your whole existence, when you recognize your existence is, uh, is, is 
due to the fact that you know somebody else helped you? What words can you use? Your whole existence is the gift that you got. So at Harsinai, we understood that our entire existence, our entire self is infused by our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we understood it so deeply that we didn't even want to think of ourselves anymore as separate beings. We let our neshamas go. We didn't even hold on to them. We just wanted to meld back into that realm where this is clear and this is true and everything is perfect and good and we're all one. We're in the realm. We're not in our separate realm. We're in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's realm again. We're not back here in the separate realm under the machitza with our physical world that we have to use words that explain things and we can get lost. The infants. And um, this is this is the, all stages in life. Um, the idea that when we receive the koach hadibur, which is the human koach, okay, it often comes at the expense of our true sense of self. That we we let ourselves think in quiet moments, laying in bed. Who am I really? What do I really want? What am I seeking and yearning? Do I need all of this? Why am I pushed along with all of this? And um, and we we felt it deeply, okay? And we understood that if you feel it so 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 deeply, guess what happens? You're just you're you're just like you want to disconnect from everything. You want to just separate yourself from everything. By the way, the Easterns that want to divest themselves of everything that they have and attach to nothing, they're trying to get there. That's not our goal. Our goal is to live in a body with this intense desire and yearning and connection to keep them, to keep the flow going between the two. So this is where we get to Rosh Hashanah, okay? Um, there's a section here that I put it in. Rosh Hashanah, there's... There's a, my Moshe used to, is, quotes this. This is um, something fascinating. It helps us understand how Rosh Hashanah got the name Rosh Hashanah and, and Zichron Shua. Basically, the, the measure says that Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted to give us a yantav in every holiday and in, in every month of the summer. Okay, so you have Nisan was Pesach, Iyar was Pesach Sheni, Sivan is Shavuos. And then, okay, just like Shavuos is 49 days after Pesach, there was going to be another holiday 40 days after Shavuos, which ended up being Shavas Thomas, and it was going to be Yom Zichron Shua. You remember for what happened 40 days ago. You know what 40 is a magical number. And then after that, on Tisha B'Av, was supposed to be a holiday call, which would be Yom Kippur. And after that, okay, was supposed to be, which is Rosh Chodesh Elul, was supposed to be Sukkot. And then at the end of Sukkot, the Shemini Atzeres, Shemini Atzeres, they moved it all into Tishrei because we had Shavas Thomas, Tisha B'Av, Right, we've shifted it all, so we moved it all into Tishrei. So Shemini Atzeres is actually the only day that rightfully belongs in Tishrei. Okay, but the point of this whole thing is that forty days after Shavuos, that's not called Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah ended up being in Tishrei. We then we gave it the name Rosh Hashanah for reasons, other reasons, but really Yom Teruah was meant to be a remembrance. Forty days later, forty days is the gestation of right something that goes from a concept to a real possibility before 40 days of lot is not considered a real thing. So this is where the idea becomes grounded in reality. Okay. And we're supposed to have this day of Zichron Trua where we remember what we experienced, but we bring it into the material physical world and apply it instead of just 
losing the world. So the sata, now here's where we get to understanding the confusing the sata on a deeper level. The part of us that says, you can't listen to those that voice. It's just going to, you're not going to live anymore. You're going to move off into some, you know, you're move off somewhere, get rid of all your possessions, not have many relationships because they drag you down and just like meditate all day. That's probably what happened to Moshe. That's why he didn't come back. Doesn't, can't even be here anymore. No, we're going to like, just forget it. Go invest in your real life and try to, you know, elevate, you know, your, your life with Kedusha. But basically you're going to make peace with your just really deeply engaging yourself in your material identity. Okay, that's a confusion because Satan confuses us. Rosh Hashanah, which is meant Yom Teruah, okay, which of course has many connections to the creation of man and has so much, you know, so many layers here that relate to this idea. But Rosh Hashanah, we say, no, 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 no. Now we're going to hear that shofar again. We're going to re-experience that feeling. And it's not going to scare us. And it's not going to send us into a tizzy. And it's not going to, so to speak, alert our satan to go say, don't, you know, bring up all our our human flaws and limitations and be mekatrig or be like the prosecutor. No, you can't. Come on. You know well how much you're attached to everything physical. It's not going to give him the opportunity. We're going to confuse the satan. And what we're going to do is we're going to re-embrace. We're going to welcome back the sound of that chauffeur, that call, that basic visceral sound of self. And we're going to in hear, hear it like we heard it once before. And we're going to invite it in. And it's not going to scare us. And in fact, the opposite, it's going to help us remember that all those foolish things we did in survival mode, that they were because we distanced that call so much. We quieted so much. That's where we ended up doing all these dumb things. And we do with Shuba on Yom Kippur. And so to end, let's just say one more idea that, you know, when, so when we say the part of Shofros, which we remember all the Shofros, and then we say, and, and we say the part of Zichronos, we remember many things, including we remember the chauffeur. One of the last things we remember, what do we say about the chauffeur? It's associated with Chiros, freedom. And this is one of our quotes. It's from Yeshayahu. This is the sign, the sound of freedom. Okay. This is our sound of true spiritual freedom, that great shofar. So today we just emphasized the, the coal and the connection to our Sinai. We have to talk about Malchus and we have to talk about what it means Hashem remembers, Mirza Hashem next week. But the main point here is that we are getting ready, okay? To, um, to break through our personal self-doubt, our personal disappointment that we always slip back into our petty human patterns. We always do. We're getting ready to hear our own true co connected inner voice, our nishima. Hashem's nishima, Hashem's, so to speak, divine exhale. We're going to hear it again. And we're going to let it wash over us and infuse us with a sense that we are meant to, to reconnect to an, a higher realm of self-expression. Because when we connect to a higher call, 
our Dibor, what we talk about, changes. It changes our whole realm of Dibor. We start talking and defining ourselves and talking about what we need and want very, very differently. And therefore, in Rosh Hashanah, we use our Koach Dibor now when we hear the shofar for Malchus, Zechronos, and shofars. That's what we talk about. So entering it back into the realm of our true call gives us a whole nother, whole other sort of set of words to use and another way of talking. And so we come out of Rosh Hashanah speaking differently because the speech, as we said, is the second step. It's the Dibor, the Ruach, and the first step is the Kol, the Neshama. Okay, I'm, there's tons of questions and you should, I'm glad that the the uh, people already mentioned the call of Hashem and the Ganeiden and the call like there's so many good associations that have that hopefully will make more sense now with this um, with this lens you know looking through this lens so here we go okay fun first of all it's fabulous thank you and Rabbi Sachs always says that yeah talk loud because when you when you Read the Haggadah, you have to remember. He says there's no word in Hebrew for history in the Jewish religion. It's only memory. Everything is zachor, zachor. And the way you presented this one, Esther, was incredible because I Thank now you. can apply the same way I say a Haggadah with the Chavona <laughs> to the way I'm going to do the Machzor on Rosh Hashanah because the idea of connecting it with our memory back to the original call at Har Sinai. I steal from the best. Yes, Ilana, you're welcome. Thank you. So, we'll talk loud. So what I was thinking when you were speaking now um, is we go from level to level. Yes. Right? And the ascending order is usually Nefesh, Ruach, Correct. Shaman, Correct. Then, okay. What we were speaking about with the call is a paradox because we then go, we have to go descend backwards we have to get in touch with that, the original Ruach, in order to go forward to connect with the Neshama and Atanatana. So what you're saying is, it's very, very, I mean, you're. she's tying, touching on the structure of a human being is Nefesh Ruach Neshama, okay? The Neshama is the, is the undefined expression of godly self in us that we know that we're more than just you know, creatures that are trying to get our needs met. Then we, that comes down to a higher level of speech so that people who study Torah and are immersed in, in Torah mitzvah speak differently, talk about different things, use different language. We have Lashon HaKodesh. And then that comes down into our nefesh, which is the material part of us and influences how we use our bodies and what we spend our time with. So it is a flow. Now we're going back up. By the way, you're getting into... Yom Kippur, we did not, we ignore our bodies, right? We speak, we say Baruch Shem out loud and we get up to the Neshama Malach. We're going to do it next week and we're going to do it in the future level. So we're going back up towards that, aiming towards that experience and knowing we can survive the experience. Moshe, I didn't even bring the Pasuk, I should have. Moshe says to the Indivarim, God spoke to you face to face and you're standing here today, you're living it's okay. You could survive it, right? In the, if, if you baby yes. was taken away. So the baby cries, first of all, coming into a whole new realm, because the Gemara says in that womb, 
everything, it's perfection, it's utopia, okay, of course. And now they're coming into the real world. And the deeper meaning is that we're the the we existed in prior to our self-awareness as a separate being in a physical body and blah blah blah. We did emerge from Hashem's own Ratzon. So we knew ourselves like that. And now we have to we're limited and we have to find the right words and we have to defend the way we think and try to explain it. And it's a tremendous deficit. But then the Torah, of course, and the Dibros, the Dibros give us our words back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just on a practical Thank you. level, if Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, yeah. we only have the call. Right. We don't have the call. So right. It's the Zichron of the call. So now we have, to, we have to remember not just our Sinai, but the, the call of the Rosh Hashanah chauffeur, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Nisham. Nishami, it's also a concept of a Nishami Yaseira. Definitely relates to Nishami Yaseira. Extra huge flow infusion of the neshama now somebody brought up sandy brought up very good association remember so they chose to go into their subjective survival mode reality that's the description of the original and constant challenge of every human being is to eat from the etadas and say i know what's right and wrong based on how i see things and it's my subjective opinion and all right remember all that and then they hear Kol Hashem Bagan, which means they hear that voice in the garden. Remember, we talked about that this is all in the chorus in the Gan. And then they say they're scared because now they feel such a disconnection, how it's so now sort of, they, they've lost connection to it in their real lives. And now they're like animals. They feel like animals. They need clothing and they're going to be hunted all eventually. The Nachash, the Nachash, Learn, we'll do it in the course. Because yeah. <laughs> the Nachash is the Eight Sahara and the Satan is the same thing. Are these ideas inherent? Everybody thought it has to be. Yes, learned. the coal is inherent. Every human being. How many times have we cried? Yeah. Because for no one understands me. I can't express what I truly want. I've gotten caught up in a whole and momentum and the current that I don't even know how I got here and how to get out of here and I wish it was different I can't express I can't articulate this sense in me of yearning for more of something's missing of elation when I have an aha moment I can't describe it was amazing I had an aha moment nobody can explain it we all, every human being has an ashama, has a call and Rosh Hashanah by the way is for all of creation it's not just for Am Yisrael to go back to your original, deepest, intuitive sense of your who you are in relation to God. Every person knows, am I nothing? I'm just here to eat, drink, and be merry and die. I don't have a purpose. I don't nobody cares. Could it be? And that thought alone has caused so much distress. That's the call. The call is speaking to us. Beautiful. But we can't be scared of the call. We can't we can't shush it too much, but we can't either, you know. But it's 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 a balance, yeah. Yeah. So you described how Am was like so overwhelmed with getting too close that they created the angle as a physical. Yeah. <laughs> the Am was more, no. What happened? We said like this: when Moshe didn't come down, the Satan, he's dead. Meaning he went up into a tremendous high state of Nebuah and 
you can't be physical anymore. He's and so Moshe Ha'ish is gone. That's the pasuk. Right. So then they said they what they did in response is let's make something super tangible that's right here and it's not moving and we can come here to get inspiration, but we're not gonna follow Moshe's path and like inspire ourselves because we're gonna you know what 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 could happen. So what. You make it sound so reasonable. <laughs> so what? No, but what was the what was the unforgivable chay? Oh, chay they go, because they made an idol. Okay, so pasha, pasha, because there's so much to talk about. They made a, a tzelem. They said this is enough. We can outsource David Foreman's words, outsource our inspiration to this guy, and we'll come here to get inspiration. But we don't want to generate it in ourselves because it's. We just want to stay human. We don't. What happened at Harsinai, what happened at Harsinai was we realized it's a, it was a madrega of, of, of exposure, Gila Shechina, that doesn't really allow a person to continue thinking about themselves as a regular physical person with all their physical needs. It's, it's, it's remember when Moshe said to Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hareini nas kvodecha, and Hashem said, Lo ani ha'adam you, you have to live in your physical realm. Right. And remember, Avihu, they said, we're out. Yitzchak on the Akeda, he said, I'm out. I'm not coming back to this world. Remember, he was in Ghana then, remember, with the, yeah. in a higher state. There's a tendency to just say, I'm I'm out. I saw too much. I know too much. I don't want to be, I'm done. Hevel also. Um, Hevel, in a way, yes. We talked to, so, so the, the, um, and so you want to be material, but that at the same time, you cannot say, I entirely identify myself as a material being. And my conception of God is material. And I'm making that material too. So we it's getting the balance right. The eagle was they didn't make the eagle, it's actually it came up as the eagle is a, you know what we can talk more about the eagle by Yom Kippur because it's very it's very much about Yom Kippur. What happened in the eagle is a Yom Kippur theme. And they also danced about it. Yeah, and that's all very Yom Kippur is kapar on the eagle. So let's save the eagle comparisons to there. Yes. Talk loud. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute you guys in a second. Um at least, yes, loud. Within us, within us. Yes. And we're trying to pull the Satan with when Rosh Hashanah falls. Yeah. If it's within us, who are we pulling? Okay. It, okay. So let's just super go. The Satan in us is not a separate creature that God created and put in us. Okay. And and again, the course will really break it down. But the main idea is that it's our. Yetzahara, the Satan is the Yetzahara, and the Malcham of us, meaning it's our tendency to justify or choose for ourselves, okay, a mental, an attitude that, you know, just invest in your physical material life. That's who you are. All these grand ideas, you know, like don't listen to them too much. Keep yourself busy. Push it away. Because you're a physical being, and when it's when the satan is makatreg, or like the prosecutor is like, come on, you know yourself, you know your flaws, you know your limitations. Who are you fooling? You want to? You're not going to transcend. Okay, you learn a little Torah, but you live your regular life. That's the language, so to speak, of the satan. Okay, and we, and it confuses us. And now we say, no, 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 no. We're going to listen to that chauffeur, and we're going to bring that inspiration to our lives, and that's going to confuse you because. You, we're gonna we're gonna basically shut down your argument. We're gonna say no. We're 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 not listening to your argument anymore. We choose to inspire ourselves 
with more, which will lead to less of an attachment to the material and to all of the many attitudes and desires that come with the material world. And yes, we're gonna to choose to shift the balance. So it's sort of like just a metaphor, like yes. they don't blow the chauffeur because you don't want the Not a metaphor. If we don't blow the chauffeur, if we don't meaning, if we don't if we don't if the nation does not get reinfused with a yearning to reconnect to Kodesh Baruch Hu, then things during the rest of the year might not go so well for us. It's this year is the Shabbos, the Rishon Kodesh. Right, so we have Zichron Trua. Zichron Trua, you remember it. Very important to spend time remembering it. And you can definitely make your own Trua. Do you know what I mean? You make your own. When you inhale and exhale, by the way, here's an exercise. Sometimes you can even do it with, we're going to talk about it more next week, okay? Because it's going to be so much stuff. But if we, especially this year, which Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos and we don't have the chauffeur, we're going to talk next week about our own inhales and our own exhales and how we can connect to these ideas, even using breathing as we daven and as we, yeah. Very interesting. So tzaka, so there's tons on this. Often the shofar was sounded in Amishol when there was an ace tzara, when there was a reason to cry out. So among all the reasons, and among all the reasons our Saja and others give for why we blow Rosh Hashanah, the shofar and Rosh Hashanah, including Harsinai, it's also Yom Adin, so there's a tzaka, like any time there's a war or a death, call to arms or whatever. So, but there's, this is such a huge area. I just, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. You sound, can sound. Yes. Rebecca is saying something very much about frequencies of sounds. There are frequencies. Yes, there are because the frequency of sound. Sometimes there are frequencies that are too high for us. There are sounds that are that are that the sound itself is 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 really a, a energy, okay, and waves, and they could be on a level that have you know that are overwhelming, positively and negatively. A greater opportunity for us because a greater opportunity. Uh, we have to use ourselves, our own lives, even more. So, so Ilana is saying now the Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos. You know, we have to rely on ourselves to sort of inspire ourselves without the chauffeur. So yes, it requires us to sort of a little bit focus and. But we still have to focus during the chauffeur and we have to focus even if there's not a chauffeur. But yeah, it's anyway, Yom Hadin, very important. Yom Hadin is for us to self-evaluate how much we are living in sync with the din. Remember, we learned about that, the, the reality, the Matthias, and how much that's inf in influencing us and infusing us. So that's part of the same idea. And we have to meditate. Really in Rosh Hashanah, there's no mitzvahs. Except the Misadurbanan of saying Malchus, Zichronus, and Shofars. There's no other, and, and hearing the Shofar, obviously. And other than that, there's no Tshuva, there's no Vidoy. It's really self work of focusing and concentrating during those times. Like women in the Chayyim? 
Yeah. 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 Women are mechuyim. Okay, guys, I I un I unmuted you. So go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Oh, you kept the conversation. Good. It's on, but I think it's okay. It was right here. Yes, guys, you're unmuted. Call Yaakov that Yitzchok said. Say it again. What's the connection with what Yitzchok said to Yaakov about Kol Kol Yaakov? Yes, Kol Kol Yaakov So It's very interesting. It goes very well with this. That although he's taking over the material responsibility of the world, the Adayim, because Esav's out as a partner, that this is exactly what we're saying. It has to still be infused with the Kol, with the inspiration and the vision of you know of of uh of the spiritual part of ourselves so he can't make a distinction between them the problem is we distinguish we we separate we go this is my spiritual world like the agil you know it's where i go for spirituality and here's my real world you know and this has to be combined and then your rosh hashan is a commitment to recombining and that's why it's feel it with Music is actually more with the music. Very nice, Rebecca. Beautiful music, beautiful, beautiful. Love that. Rebecca said that that's why there's so much music in the Avoda because it's a coal and it elevates. Very nice. It actually it's it's a vehicle for changing. Yeah, very nice. Any other questions out there? Yaka has her hand raised. Yeah, I have a question. Sorry, I have a question. Okay. Um. So if you go back to the Nita B Gamara there, I was just confused about one of the things that it says in the middle there. It says that it doesn't apply to ordinary people about this whole this whole um Gamara. If you say because then if you say that the verse in Proverbs is as efficient as it is like a prophet who is saying that he was taught the entire Torah, but that doesn't really oh, apply to ordinary people. You know what? Does it does that not really apply to us? That we're really taught that? No, he's saying it does apply. Look at the Gemara. The Gemara says, if you would say that the verse in Proverbs is insufficient, as it is a prophet who was saying that he was taught the entire Torah in the Mara of the mother's room, but this does not apply to ordinary people, if you want to say that, come and hear the words of Geo. Eob. Eob says... Oh, okay. Uh, I was yeah, reading but, it with the wrong intonation. Okay, it was Leo confusing to me. Everybody talks to God, so to speak, in their ohel, in their tent. Okay. Okay. And then the sin crouches at the entrance, and that really refers to somebody who, when they're born, now they don't have all that knowledge, and now they're, you know, right now they have to figure it out. So don't, I don't ever want to, you know what, I didn't change the English, because there's so many different translations you're allowed to use on, on, um, on on uh, Safaria, and I don't I didn't check the, the translation I was using carefully enough. Sin, the word sin is Christian. When it says lepesa chatas, chatas means you can make mistakes. Remember that. So now when right. you come to the world and you that realm of pure under self understanding is limited and taken away from you, and you don't feel it that you're in the womb anymore, and you have to use words, you can make mistakes now. Okay, that's great. That's really yeah. great. Thank you. Right. Thank you you're for welcome. clarifying it. I understand it's so much better. Esther, Can you say that again, please? Beautiful share. What did you say? Can you repeat that again, please? Repeat what? About the, the hatas. The, yeah, so the word hatas, okay, so sin is not a Jewish word. We're never using it again. Ban it from the vocabulary. Hatas means to, to miss the mark, to make a mistake, to, you know, to be out of focus. So as soon as you come through the opening into the physical world, you're, you're going to be prone to make mistakes. 
because you are not in the womb. You don't see it as clearly. You don't know, feel as clearly. It exists in your pre, like your lack subconscious or your what lack orientation. Lack orientation. Oh no, yeah, you're reorienting to a like new a world, orient, and yeah. you're losing sight of the your true identity, and therefore you can start making mistakes. So when you get debor, when you shift from cold to debor, which means when you start to be a person. You beware of making of mis of you know getting caught up in in the mistakes that people make. So then, that's a process of going from being a newborn to becoming a an, an, uh, a child and an adult. No, right. so what happens is it's a muscle. So first we have this deep intuitive sense or call of belonging to God. Then we have to enter a world where we're supposed to define things and define ourselves and articulate things that can't really be fully defined. But then we get Torah and Torah gives us the right debor. And even with all of Torah, there's things you can't say because they're so personal and, um, you know, and unique to you and how you feel. And then you come back to a realm of sort of um, less words and more yeah. intuitive. Now, you know what it says? Lacha. The highest praise is silence, is not speaking, okay? You hear? Wait, did I just mute you all? Did I mute you, Leah? No, you didn't mute me, but I didn't understand what you said because it was noise from the background. I, I muted Yafa. Okay. Don't unmute Yafa uh, yet. Um, to you, silence, lack of words is the highest praise. Is the highest praise? Praise, praise. We say, the neshama gives you halal. And we say the same concept, silence. When I can't use words anymore, when I'm a domain, that's the highest healer. That's my neshama. You hear? I hear. That's not explaining my question. I don't think, I don't know that that's fully answering I mean, my question. It's a, uh, you're the muscle of the child. I just, it, the child because learning how to talk and all that, that's just a muscle. That's how. Yeah, but in practice, we're people, right? We're born. For our existence that we come in. We come, we come, we come yeah, out yeah, into of the Of course, we learn how to talk and then we talk about the so so that's what yeah, right okay. and then we eventually learn how to talk and then as jews we talk yeah and then our highest level of talking from our, all of our torah experience is almost side back to silence just okay. a general right? question please this is abigail uh is it too late for testimonials because i would like to write one but i don't know if you're still accepting. no 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 i haven't launched the uh all the materials yet i'm still working on all the materials it needs a few more days but uh sure send one in thank you and thank okay. you to everybody who participated in that okay Thank right. you for this wonderful shiur. Wonderful. Wait, that. asked in the chat for the word that you used instead of sin. Reversing. I need to hear this. One second. What did you just say? Somebody asked in the chat what was the word you used instead of sin. Chait. Chait is uh, to miss the mark, to be make a mistake. A goof. A goof. To goof. To, to, to make a mistake. To err. To err. Err means uh, deviate from where you're supposed to get to. All right, guys. I'll see you on the Q&A. Thank you. Thank you so much, Esther. It was beautiful. Thank you. Welcome, welcome back. Take Have care. Have a good job. Thank you. You too. Okay, bye-bye.